0: this room, there's a button to start the program. Somebody hit it.
1: Just make sure go, it's go, the go, correct go. button. Yeah.
0: Gotta get the right button going here. You gotta. You have on one the... job, Dirk. One you. job. <laughs> Absolutely right. <laughs> yep. Well, here we go once again, surrounded by all sorts of technology and information for the next couple of hours. It's the Midday Program on the Rural Radio Network. And uh, just about to depart for her Friday's... In the field is Jesse Harding.
1: That's right. Recording for tomorrow's 117, but for today, for the 1213, we'll get some audio from Chabella about wheat stem sawfly, some of the research that Extension is doing, and where things stand with that. Also, USDA included areas in Nebraska for disaster assistance from drought, and they technically. Declared counties in South Dakota, but some of those northern counties in Nebraska are touching those counties, so they get included as well. We'll discuss which ones those are. For the 1219, Joe Gangwish is do- joined with Dean Hefta, director of Water Street Solutions, discussing the markets and where things stand at that time. For the newsmaker, Bruce Gorder caught up with Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts this week at the annual American Coalition for Ethanol Conference in Omaha. They talk about current agriculture topics. And then for the 117, Shaylee Peters is with Kevin Cook. He's Executive Director of Agricultural Initiatives with Exarbin, previewing this year's show some of the big changes they've made. And obviously the biggest change is it is no longer in Omaha. It is now in Grand Island at the Nebraska State Fairgrounds in Farner Park. So that's obviously the biggest change this year to Exurban.
0: What a change that is, too, and should be a good one. Over to uh, Jason Jorgensen we go, who has the big job in sports. We'll talk some Big Ten. How does that sound? Uh,
2: well you know? done, gentlemen. That's why you're professionals. So. <laughs> with, with basketball, basketball schedule came out yesterday. Also, the televised volleyball schedule just came out this morning. No surprise here, the Huskers will appear on the network seven times Yikes. this fall, and that doesn't count all the matches that N E T does as well. Yikes. So like uh Husker volleyball, they'll be on the tube quite a bit this fall.
0: Well, they're going to get the list. The yep.
2: viewers also. Uh, that's one thing I think the Big Ten has learned the last couple of years is that uh, people are hungry for that. They can get pretty decent ratings, especially mm-hmm. when volleyball is on. And one of Nebraska's matches that will be on will be the Penn
0: State match. Um, volleyball is so, you know, it's it's so tense. I mean, it you know, is. Man. It's one of the best things to see on TV.
2: Moves right. pretty quick. Also coming up with sports, we'll talk some baseball. And uh, we'll also talk some NFL. Cleveland, believe it or not. The Browns. They want to host the NFL draft in either 2019 or 2020. Of course, the NFL has been moving sure. the draft around. Right. But I guess it would make sense if Cleveland hosted, since chances are they'll be picking number one. For most of the draft picks are anyway. <laughs> say, yeah. and, and, and they usually select pretty quick. Yeah. So, But they, they like to host it, so we'll
0: see what happens. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland Rocks. All right, now uh, I have but one job to do, but here's the man with, at last count, forty (laughs) two jobs to do,
2: (laughs) and and can't do any of them. Scott Foster. Thank you very much. Well, let's uh, some business uh, we're going to talk about today. Freddie Mac says uh, the mortgage rate down just a little bit, so I guess that's good uh, good news. Not the lowest of all time, but uh, pretty doggone close. U.S. stocks are. Lower this morning as investors fail to get excited about quarterly reports. And we need those investors to be excited, for crying out loud.
0: Absolutely. It's all coming up for you today on Midday. Now let's check ag weather, brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. In for Paul Perkins, I'm Dirk Christensen. Pleasant temperatures persistent across the region again, and later this evening, that convection... After the heating of the day, we'll bring some chances of showers and thunderstorms to the area overnight. Periodic chances for thunderstorms in Nebraska with near-normal temperatures expected on through the upcoming weekend. The ag weather forecast calls for heavy northwestern Midwest rain to benefit filling row crops. Timely and beneficial rains noted this week for filling especially corn and soybeans through the northern Midwest. However, rain again has bypassed a significant portion of the state of Iowa while growing areas here in Nebraska, eastern South Dakota, and northwest Iowa receiving more than expected rainfall from higher coverage. No significant heat stress expected either, although above normal temperatures are expected at times. Southern Plains crop areas generally favorable conditions for developing crops rainfall of moderate to locally heavier amounts forecast for this week which will offer some additional benefit overall in the northern plains generally those drying conditions remain intact and the pattern favoring the harvest of drought ravaged spring wheat crop as of almost immediately and does increase the risk for late filling row crops Canadian prairie crop areas have little to no rain forecast through all the way through next week. Now, there is a favorable weather pattern for harvest of the drought-reduced wheat crop and maturing and harvesting canola, which is also likely to be affected by that dry summer pattern, but not to the same extent as the wheat crop is. The late-filling crops will continue to be affected by dryness. Across the oceans, yield prospects for crops remain at near to above normal over much of the Ukraine and Russia due to their above normal rainfall during the past month in much of the region. However, recent hot weather could increase the risk to filling crops in some locations. The above normal temperature pattern will continue through the weekend while next week looks to be cooler. Conditions mostly favorable, reproductive to filling corn and soybeans at this time in northeastern China crop regions due to the recent generous rains there. However, more precipitation will be needed to support their filling crops as seasonal rains remain below normal overall. The forecast does include some chance for periodic showers during the next week or so. A favorable pattern for India across that country Key crop areas from the west to the north remaining mostly dry, but not very hot. And the forecast suggesting that rain will return to that region of India this weekend and early next. And across Australia, significant rainfall has been noted during the past seven days in those wheat areas of Western Australia, also southern southern uh, portions of South Australia and Victoria. These could also see some additional showers during the course of the next week. Other wheat areas of Australia are somewhat drier at this time. Our forecast for Nebraska calling for sunny and high temperatures in the 80s, some low 90s in the west for today. Mostly clear with a slight chance of thunderstorms with lows in the low 60s east and central, 53 to 59 in the west. For Friday, mostly sunny with highs in the mid to upper 80s. On through the weekend, Saturday, clearing skies with high temperatures in the mid to upper 80s for the east and central, low 90s west. Sunday, mostly clear with a chance of thunderstorms. Monday, again, a slight chance. Both those days' highs should be around 92. And for solar eclipse, Monday, August 21st, the forecast now is looking at some isolated possibilities of thunderstorms in the morning and a 20% chance of thunderstorms after 3 p.m. Monday now centering on north-central Kansas. The 20 to 40% chance will kick in by Monday evening and night for south-central Nebraska. But the afternoon is looking fairly scattered as far as any cloud cover is concerned. And the temperatures at this point are expected to be in the mid to upper 80s for Nebraska and in the 90s for Kansas. So right now, it's the expected uh, thunderstorms will have no impact at that time during the eclipse on Monday. Heat will have low impact. Wind will have about a medium impact. Visibility is looking almost perfect for the eclipse. A total solar eclipse coming up just before noon on Monday. And when you need weather anytime, KRVN.com.
1: Look at agriculture information on the rural radio network i'm jesse harding combating the wheat stem sawfly was a topic at the certified seed days in the panhandle Chebella guzman has more on this subject the wheat stem sawfly has some growers looking at solid stem wheat
3: varieties this year cody creech dryland cropping specialist with the panhandle research and extension center explains why the montana solid stem varieties may help deter the sawfly but at the cost of yield
4: in montana they've been dealing with the wheat stem cell fly a lot longer than we've been dealing with it and so they've uh are, are a little bit ahead of the game they developed the uh, the uh, solid stem wheat so we're bringing wheat that was developed in montana down to nebraska it's not necessarily adapted for our areas it uh, montana has a much cooler growing environment and so uh the wheat that we have uh when we grow it down here it actually stays greener longer which is kind of strange and because it has that solid stem, it plant has to put a lot of of its energy into the stem and instead of the wheat uh, head, uh, which, which is part of the reason why we have a little bit lower yield because it does have to uh, dedicate some nutrients to the stem instead of the wheat head.
3: Creech suggests shorter stem wheat varieties, which don't lodge as much as taller varieties, to combat the sawfly. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman.
1: In a response to a request from Jamie Wright, the Farm Service Agency acting state executive director in South Dakota, the USDA has designated Aurora, Charles Mix, and Gregory counties in South Dakota as primary natural disaster areas due to losses and damages caused by the recent drought. Farmers and ranchers in contiguous counties also qualify for natural disaster assistance. In Nebraska, those counties are Boyd, Kippaha, and Knox counties. All counties listed our designated natural disaster areas on august 14th making all qualified farm operators in the designated areas eligible for fsa's emergency loans provide eligibility requirements are met and other programs are available for producers and assistance. you can contact your local fsa office for more information and more information on these counties can be found by visiting rollradio.com after 90 years, exarban is heading west, and Shaley Peters has more of these details for us. Grand Island will be the new home of exarban this year as they look to the
3: next 90 years. Executive Director of Agricultural Initiatives Kevin Cook says it's a move they're looking forward to.
5: We've had a lot of positive comments. You know, there's, you know 90 years being in Omaha makes some people sad, but the big issue is when we move to Grand Island, we are in. World class livestock facilities, um, instead of trying to put pens and dirt and mulch into a convention center in downtown Omaha.
3: Cook says he thinks others are too. Interestingly enough,
5: um, we are just, we just got through with the, the DNA nominations for, um, entries and we saw an uptick in entries from Colorado and Wyoming this year. Obviously we're a couple hours farther west and you don't have to go in downtown Omaha. Um, We also are making the assumption we're going to pick up some kids from western Nebraska um, who may not have participated in the past simply because they didn't like driving to downtown Omaha and trying to get off the interstate down there.
3: The entry process has changed this year as well, and for details on that, you can visit exarbinstockshow.com For the
1: Rural Radio Network, I'm Shaley Peters. And a public hearing will be conducted at 10 a.m. Thursday, August 31st to consider adoption of proposed regulations in regards to seed samples and registration fees in Kansas. More information on this story can be found by visiting RollRadio.com. For the Roll Radio Network, I'm Jesse Harding.
4: Joe Gangwish back with you here on the Midday Program from the Rural Radio Network. We're going to visit with Dean Heft, a Senior Director at Water Street Solutions. Get his thoughts on this week's trading, today's market trade. Dean, we've got a little nice uh, bounce in soybeans here over the noon hour. What do you think of that?
6: Well, uh, I I guess what I'm happy to see is we started out the day pretty strong. Overnight was strong. And then we continued to weaken into the mid-morning trade. And now as we've gotten into the noon hour, we've seen some buying come back. You've got the... Subbean market pretty well oversold, running out of fresh news now to to press the buyer press sellers into that next level. A lot of Chinese buying, a lot of lot a lot of opportunity here and action of people stepping in to buy this. And so I think you're uh, you know until you get more confirmation of yields, uh, you're just running out of sellers. And so we'll see if we can close this well. But you know we're trading up seven and a half right now, which is <laughs> the best day we've had in quite some time in beans.
4: Yeah, that is certainly correct. And we've been talking with many of our analysts about trying to find these August lows in here somewhere. What do you think about that on corn and beans?
6: Yeah, I think it's very reasonable. You've got a, especially in corn, you've got this old crop hangover that's going to, you know, press on the market through the rest of uh, August uh, is what I would expect because you don't have a lot of fresh news. Sure, we got the Pro Farmer Tour starting next week. They'll provide good entertainment and something for the traders to talk about and look at. But typically, they're not going to stick their neck out and have some radical change from what the USDA or a lot of market sentiment is. Uh, but it'll give some first hand impression of what's going on in the market. But I do think you end up carving out an, an early low this year, uh, both in corn and beans. And I think you're getting close to finally stemming the, the collapse here in wheat, uh, which if you can stabilize the wheat market, that's going to spill over and help corn as well.
4: That's right. Pro Farmer Crop Tour always provides some good Twitter entertainment as well, as we see a lot of those images come in. So for it to really move the market, though, we'd have to have that Midwest Crop Tour have some radical figures downward, wouldn't we, to see a, a really good rally?
6: Yeah, I agree. And uh, even with that, the mark, uh, market always is kind of hedging their bets versus uh Uh, the USDA information. Really, uh, you have to go back to 2010 for both the USDA and the pro-farmer tour to have both really missed the market in a big way. And so while that still looms there in the trader's mind that neither of these sources of information are perfect, um, it's hard to really place your bets and and fight the USDA or fight fight the, the government hall.
4: I think a lot of folks would like to fight that that last report in July, but outside markets, we've talked a little bit about the dollar performance, but how do you see outside markets affecting us now?
6: Yeah, so having a pretty tough day in the equities, again, they've been really chopping around trying to figure out if they've got enough energy for the next like higher. So, you know, if the market starts falling out of love longer term, uh, with equities, at least you know from here forward, that could provide some opportunity for where else might we move that money, and that could move over to commodities. You've had a, a generally supportive commodity complex. Had some pullback here this week in it. But all in all, I think uh, global economy is supportive to commodities, and you're going to see breaks get bought rather than sold.
4: Wrap it up here the last 15 seconds on livestock. Still some wild fluctuations. The fund's still in control there.
6: Yeah, some some really wild trade, and uh, you know continued liquidation in the in the cattle market, and um, looks like the rally the last couple of days in hogs might have been a rally opportunity to sell. We've got further price pressure here uh, in the futures, and that's being supported by the downtrend in the in the lean index.
4: Dean Hefta with Water Street Solutions. For more, go to waterstreet.org.
0: You're listening to Midday on the Rural Radio Network. And it's time to check sports with Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Derek. Well, for the first time, the Big Ten will play two
2: conference men's basketball games in early December. As the Big Ten conference unveiled its upcoming conference schedule yesterday. The Huskers will begin Big Ten action on the road, opening up play on December 3rd as they travel to East Lansing, Michigan to face Michigan State. Head coach Tim Miles says he just had a feeling in you might play the Spartans early on. I, I, we just, you know, we were taking bets, uh, you know, as a
6: staff on, okay, where, where are they putting us and with who, and we had Maryland, Michigan State. We almost knew for sure we were going to be at Michigan State. We just could <laughs> feel it. And then they, they brought Minnesota, who's probably picked to be second in the league. So um, all the same, it'll be... You know, uh, it'll be worth it, and and we'll go out and be ready to roll right away.
2: Nebraska's Big Ten home opener will take place on Tuesday, December 5th, as the Huskers welcome Minnesota to Pinnacle Bank Arena. The Nebraska women's basketball team also learned the dates of its upcoming conference schedule yesterday. Nebraska opens up Big Ten action at home against defending Big Ten regular season co-champion Ohio State on Thursday, December 28th. The Big Ten has announced its televised volleyball schedule for this fall. Nebraska will make seven appearances on the network. NU's match with UCLA on September 8th will be televised. And Nebraska's big match with Penn State on September 22nd is also one of those chosen for broadcast. The list of games does not include any t of matches that will be shown across the state. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs broke camp at Missouri Western yesterday. They prepared to depart for their second preseason game. While there are two mutual options and both sides have expressed interest in a new deal, nothing is in place for the Chiefs to return to the college campus next season. Speaking of preseason NFL action, there are three games on tap tonight. Buffalo plays at Philadelphia, Miami will host Baltimore, and then it's Tampa Bay at Jacksonville. And the Cleveland Browns are hoping to host the NFL draft in either 2019 or 2020. The team has partnered with the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Greater Cleveland Sports Commission to potentially host the annual three-day event. After years at Radio City Music Hall, the draft has been on the road the past few years with stops in Chicago and Philadelphia. The league will celebrate its 100th season in 2019, and the Hall of Fame is celebrating its centennial in Canton the following year. And the Cleveland Indians will try to finish off a season sweep at Target Field when they play a day-night doubleheader against the Twins. The AL Central leaders are 8-0 at minnesota this year but just one in five versus the twins at home the two teams were rained out yesterday overall cleveland has won five in a row they will start a big series at kansas city this weekend that's a look at sports have a great day i'm jason jorgensen stay tuned more midday is just ahead you are listening to the rural
7: radio network For the remainder of today, sunny, highs in the mid 80s, southwest winds around 10. For tonight, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms, lows around 60, south winds around 10. From the Caribbean News Center, I'm Evan Jones. Governor Pete Ricketts is reminding Nebraskans to be safe during the solar eclipse on Monday.
8: There's going to be a lot of folks here. We want to make sure everybody has a uh, safe uh, experience. So please be patient with people and remember to plan ahead, leave early, all that sort of good stuff. Wear your safety belts all those sort of things. Please don't pull off on the side of the road to watch the eclipse. That could be uh, potentially very dangerous. As other drivers may not be aware that you've pulled off the side of the road to watch the eclipse. So please
7: uh, find a safe spot to to watch it and enjoy it. Ricketts plans to watch the eclipse from Carhenge and Alliance. Solar eclipse glasses seem to be everywhere for a while, but they have become scarce just as the demand has reached a frenzy less than a week from the August 21st event. The Nebraska chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union is following through with its promise to sue the state prison system because it hasn't taken significant steps to fix persistent overcrowding and other conditions that the group deems inhumane. The ACLU filed a federal lawsuit early Wednesday on behalf of 11 prisoners. The lawsuit names the Nebraska Department of Correctional Services, its director, and various prison system officials. A Nebraska state agency is warning the public about a woman who reportedly posed as a Child Protective Services employee to try to gain access to homes. The Department of Health and Human Services says it has received three such reports from Omaha and one from Holdridge in the last two weeks. The department says in a news release that the woman wasn't allowed into the homes because she couldn't provide identification. Department CEO Courtney Phillips says all of the agency's employees carry state-issued identification badges and can provide a name and number to call to verify their employment. Before, during, and after next week's solar eclipse, scientists will focus on the sun and examine what happens to Earth's weather and to the animals and plants. Speaking of weather, National Weather Service meteorologist Mike Moritz is optimistic about the chance for sunshine next Monday during the solar eclipse, but he says it will come more evident closer to the event.
9: The eclipse covers from the Pacific Northwest to the southeast United States. It looks like the far Pacific Northwest might be somewhat unsettled and and viewing might be poor there, as well as the far southeast near the Atlantic coast. It seems like right now the, the middle part of the country, here in Nebraska... Wyoming, Missouri, that sort of region is looking favorable. But again, still a few days away, so so time will tell here.
7: The latest forecast from the National Weather Service indicates the potential for cloud cover in central Nebraska and northern Kansas will be moderate, the rain potential limited, the thunderstorm lightning threat limited, and the potential for winds over 20 mile an hour limited. Get your news fast and first when you like our Facebook page. In the KRVN News Center, I'm Evan Jones.
2: I'm Bruce Gorder on the Rural Radio Network. I recently had a chance to visit with Nebraska and he talked about adding value to our agriculture products.
8: So for example, I was at Hendrix Genetics in Grand Island when they opened up their hatchery. Now this is a $20 million investment that will um, create 40 to 50 jobs in Grand Island. But also importantly, we'll create a network of farmers who are going to be raising those eggs. And so that gives them a chance to put up a barn and add a diversified stream of income to their farm income. Uh, we see the same thing with the Costco plant in Fremont, which we broke the ground on a couple of months ago. Uh, we see other companies like Novozymes investing in, in their you know, the biochemical industry, creating good jobs. Uh, we And one of the key things, and we're here at the ACE conference today, talking about ethanol and if you just look over the last um, you know several months you've seen investments by ethanol companies here in Nebraska in Jackson, Adams, Columbus, Kearney and Fairmont uh, to the total of 190 million dollars and again that's creating more jobs and those ethanol plants are taking our corn Turning them into more value-added product like ethanol or corn oil or the distillers grains that goes to feed our livestock, and thereby creating more value and more economic prosperity for our state. Another thing we want to do is again continue to open up markets for our producers here in the state internationally. Ninety-five percent of the world's consumers lie outside our borders. We have to go out there and get them. Just like last week, I was in Canada saying thank you to them for their part. Canada's our largest trading partner. We uh, do about $1.6 billion of exports to Canada and about $468 million of that has to do with agriculture. So again, these are ways that we can grow our economy by looking for opportunities to sell our products or add more value to our products.
2: You've been in Washington recently talking to uh, uh, Secretary Pruitt uh, and also the administration. What has come out of those talks?
8: Well, I will say that this administration is a, is a pleasure to deal with compared to the last one. It really is a night and day difference. Uh, we've been talking about how the EPA can update their MOVES data or their carbon lifecycle footprints which would show that ethanol is much better than the old data that they've got. We've talked to them about getting the waiver if we can expand the use of that. We've also asked them for a waiver so that we can do an E-30 test with our state fleet here in Nebraska around things such as, you know, maintenance on vehicles and fuel economy and so forth so we can demonstrate the benefits of e 30 and this administration has been open to talk to us about all those things it really has been a pleasure i never had the opportunity to talk with the last administration i have met with or talked with this epa administrator uh, at least three or four times since he has been in office the last seven months while still making water quality a priority epa is making it a little easier for farmers to work with them yeah, one of the big things that uh, the EPA has done is they've reversed their opinion on the waters of the U.S. This would have been something that would have been devastating for agriculture. It could have made it so anybody could sue uh, a farmer or a rancher for basically a puddle on their farm uh, claiming it was a wetland. And then the farmer or rancher would have the responsibility of responding to that lawsuit. Uh, the other thing too I also just want to highlight when it comes to water is again if you look at the advances that farmers have made with regard to how they have reduced the amount of water they're irrigating with uh, by over 50% to be able to grow their crops and still get greater productivity. If you look at what's going on with regard to our ethanol facilities, they've increased their efficiency by over 50%, to, you know, using 50% fewer water to produce a gallon of ethanol. These are all things that the industry is continuing to make progress on how we can serve our water resources.
2: I'm Bruce Gorder on the Rural Radio Network.
4: Get our closing livestock futures report from Joe Teal of Great Plains Commodities. Joe, just a down day all across the board, cattle and hogs.
9: Yes, it was just kind of followed through uh, with yesterday. We started out lower, and never, never looked back. Uh, uh, a lot of weakness uh, in both the cattle and the hogs and the feeders. So, uh, evidenced by triple-digit losses, uh, uh, pretty common, uh, particularly in the cattle. Uh, so, uh, basically, uh, cutouts in the cattle uh, continue to drop uh, pretty uh, pretty hard on a daily basis. I haven't heard of too much trading in the live cattle. Uh, what I did here was one ten or about 5 bucks lower than last week. So, uh, obviously, uh, uh, market uh, uh, just following along with the uh, fundamentals and uh, uh, after a try- attempted rally a couple days ago uh, boy since then we've just seen uh, a lot of selling and a lot of liquidation and the hogs pretty much the same thing the cash seems to be on the soft side cut out sharply lower uh, again and uh, just uh, not a very good scenario despite the fact that we've gone to these huge premiums once again uh, the index uh, mm really about ten dollars uh or, um, excuse me about uh sixteen dollars higher than where uh, the august hogs or the uh, october hogs are trading so you can see uh, a lot of concern and a lot of uh, weakness in the livestock complex.
4: joe teal from great plains commodities if you'd like to talk to livestock with joe 800 328 this is the rural radio network
3: one of nebraska's biggest traditions is just around the corner we're about a month out from exarban and i've got the executive director of agricultural initiatives kevin cook on the phone with me and kevin a big year for you this year because you are moving we'll start off by talking about that
5: yes we decided it actually last year right after the stop go um, to look at what the next 90 years might look like in exarban and so we started to do some work, and in March decided, made the final agreements to move our stock show to Grand Island, to the Nebraska State Fairgrounds.
3: Now this is a big move, but one I think uh, a lot of people are looking forward to?
5: Uh, yeah, we've, we've had a lot of positive comments. You know, there's, you know, 90 years being in Omaha makes some people sad, but the big issue is when we move to Grand Island, we are in world-class livestock facilities um, instead of trying to put pens and dirt and mulch into a convention center in downtown Omaha.
3: And maybe hoping to open up that travel a little bit easier on maybe people coming from the west, you know, shorten up that time a little bit as well.
5: Absolutely. Um, Interestingly enough, um, we are just, we just got through with the the DNA nominations for um, entries and we saw an uptick in entries from Colorado and Wyoming this year. Obviously, we're a couple hours farther west and you don't have to go in downtown Omaha. Um, We also are making the assumption we're going to pick up some kids from western Nebraska um, who may not have participated in the past simply because they didn't like driving to downtown Omaha and trying to get off the interstate down
3: there. You talked about some of these entries starting to roll in. The online entry process is a little bit different this year.
5: Yeah, and that's kind of an understatement. Um, (laughs) So we are moving from a paper entry process that we've been doing for years to an online entry process so everybody can go get on our Website exarbonstopshow.com. There's some links in there to get to the entry process a set of instructions And as always a phone number to call if you run into some issues, but for us I think it's going to help the exhibitors. They can do this in the evening. They can get online get um, Everything enrolled they'll pay before they leave the site and then with that we because we're not keystroking those entries internally we have pushed the deadline clear out to the end of August. What used to be the 10th of August for the last several years, so the deadline is now has moved out to the last day of August.
3: Go into as well. There are some changes to the schedule this year. What exactly uh, that first year here in Grand Island will look like?
5: Yes. Yeah, so life will be a little bit different schedule-wise. So we are not showing any animals on Friday. We've kind of compressed the show schedule, so all the shows, the livestock shows, are going to be on Saturday and Sunday. And we're spending, uh, Friday is really a check-in day. We open the barns on Thursday at noon, so we can bring animals in on Thursday and Friday. We'll be checking the majority of the animals in Friday and then again Saturday morning. But we're going to show the cedar calves, calf challenge, market beef, market lamb, broilers, and dairy show is all on Saturday. And the breeding cattle, the goats, and the swine are on Sunday. Um, we still have the quiz bowl that is Saturday. Um, so we're still, we're moving to Bowl with us, and we are also moving a livestock judging contest, and that is again on Sunday. So we're just kind of compressed a little bit, and then the auction will be the culmination again on Sunday evening, but that will look different than it has in the past as well.
3: All right. Thanks so much, Executive Director of Agricultural Initiatives with Exarbon. Kevin Cook, getting us prepared for this big move to Grand Island this year, but exciting move to Grand Island this year as Exarbon kicks off in about a month. I'm Shaylee Peters on the Rural Radio Network.
4: Here's our closing grain market analysis here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Joe Gangus. We'll get the thoughts from John Payne, Senior Market Analyst. Daniel's ag marketing in Chicago. John also publishes the newsletter this week in Grain. John, let's talk about today's trade. We held up on the soybeans, didn't we?
10: Yeah, I got good demand this morning. Second straight day of pretty good purchases from China, uh, following the USDA report last week showing increased demand from China. Just a lot of uh, good good things going on there. You know, it's unfortunately we're kind of dwarfed right now by Southern Harvest and uh, really good um, really good yields down there, and I think that's what's really got a lid on prices. I know everybody's talking about USDA yields, but I don't think that's what's what's got the market lower. I think the, the early harvest in Texas and across kind of that latitude line there, all the way into the Delta, um, they've got bumper crops, and they don't have storage. So it's all moving, and it's all trying to find a home right now, and the only way to get a home, I think, is to pay up or get cheaper prices, and I think that's why markets have been lower here with a new oil printed uh, over the short run here in the September contract today.
4: Well, let's hope we put a low in on soybeans. How does corn feel to you?
10: Well, I think corn feels heavy here, and more so because of that southern harvest. Beans are still you know, fighting with out of the field, but the corn, corn, uh, corn picking has started. Uh, Alabama, uh, Louisiana, you know, Mississippi, and those sellers are, are, are really having a good year so far. So again, like the beans, I mean we're just dwarfed with product right now. There's a lot of supply that needs to find a home, and the only way to do that is to have cheap prices, so somebody will buy it. uh... I think very similar price action to a year ago, where we're kind of diving into the end of August, but I look for a low to be made here in the next couple of weeks.
4: Yeah, it's uh, fun to see some of those pictures. A Reminder for us that harvest is coming. You see them picking yeah. corn down in Texas. That's right. But wheat, we'll uh, be late,
10: though. We'll be late up here, at least in yeah. these parts. I, I don't know how you guys are out there. It sounds to me like things have improved drastically. But with that improvement comes more moisture. I think it's just it's going to be a long slog the next two months. So be prepared. You know, I know it sometimes feels like you get through that pollination period that the, the crop year is over, at least from marketing analysts like myself. But a lot can happen still. Uh, you know, looking at frost dates you know approaching in the northwest and 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 that crop's got a long way to go as well so uh, it's, it's too early to be calling yields final for anything
4: yeah that's a great thought with the rains and snow we'll be a little late on the corn as well too so finish up on wheat still heavy on the winter wheat (laughs)
10: <laughs> Gosh, just, I, I I'm at the point where i got to laugh about it. It uh, just feels like we're going to go to four. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't step in and buy the market until then. Uh, in fact, we're looking at December, possibly 420, 4, 425, that would be a good spot to get a position on for the long haul here into the end of the year. Just got a lot of supply to work through in the short-term show. Delivery's approaching, though.
4: John Payne, Senior Market Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing. Go to DanielsAgMarketing.com. This is the Rural Radio Network.